the father wanted him to do. Now, we must understand that this was not an easy thing to do. You know, let me just take you to the book of Matthew, chapter 29, 26, verse 39. And the Bible reads here, you know, this is the story of Jesus praying just before he was to be crucified. And the Bible reads here, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, we must understand that the cup that Jesus was speaking about was a cup of sin, the cup of uh, all our failures as mankind, everything that we had done wrong and, you know, all the, the, the trouble and trials that we have caused in this world, this was in that cup. And Jesus came in order to drink that cup. But when he finally was face to face with this agony, fighting the battle with the powers of darkness, and, you know, looking at that cup, in fact, that was worse than fighting the powers of darkness because that would mean that for the very first time ever, he would be separated from his Father in heaven. Because God the Father cannot be able to have fellowship with sinful man. And the very assignment of Jesus was to carry the sin of man. Okay, to drink the cup of our sinfulness. And that would mean he would become a sinner. Even so, he knew of no sin. He had never failed in his lifetime. But because he put himself under our burden, he decided to carry our sin. He became a sinner. And Jesus knew that it would mean to be separated from his father. To get out of this relationship that he had known from ancient pasts, eternity from eternity's past. And of course, you can imagine this was difficult for Jesus to do. This needed to have a decision that was very, very tough to make. But then Jesus knew this was the will of the Father, and of course, even he himself had agreed to do that. The Bible tells us that even before the foundation of the world, this was agreed upon, you know? There was a cross agreed upon even long before the world was made. But face to face, it's a different story. And so Jesus came to be a human being just like us, okay? So he was no longer... Uh, just in the heavenlies, the son of the living God, but he had become flesh and blood like one of us. And so he felt the weakness. As God, he would never feel that weakness, but as a human being, of course, he would feel that weakness. He would know what it means to go through tough situations in life, just like we do. That's why he can understand that. That's why he can sympathize with our needs and with our failures. So Jesus knew the will of the Father. He prays, Father, if there is any way out of this, you know, if there, that, that cup can pass me by, I would prefer that. Wouldn't you think like that? 
I mean, I would definitely run away from that. Okay. But then Jesus said, but not my will, but your will be done. So in other words, Jesus decided that he would remain aligned to the will of the Father, even if it would cost him his relationship with the Father. Now that's amazing, okay? So Jesus was willing to lay his life down. And so the real battle was not won on the cross. The real battle was won in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus decided, not my will, but your will be done remaining aligned with the will of the Father. Okay? Now this was tough. The Bible says, then he returned, not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went the second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me unless I drink it, may your will be done. And you know, this happened several times. And the very disciples who were having a big mouth, including Peter, he says, I'm not going to leave you, I'm going to die for you. You know, he couldn't even stay awake for him. You know, so Jesus had to carry that load all by himself. Even his disciples were not of any help at all. So we must understand that it is not easy to remain in alignment when such situations come our way. You know, for Jesus to remain in alignment, it was agony. It was a sacrifice. It was hard. But he decided, it's not my will, but your will be done. And I think this is what we must learn. And you know, this is the prayer of Jesus. You know, that he wants to see us, his disciples, his followers, to be one as he, Jesus, and his Father are one. And not just be one when things are nice and easy, you know, when the sun is shining and when money is there and everything is sweet and nice, but even in the tough days of our life, we need to understand that alignment is important for each and every one of us. You know, when we are aligned, we get amazing benefits. You see, division, selfishness, and discord hinder progress. You know, and we have seen this in the early days of uh, creation when Adam and Eve fell into sin. All that God had intended for them to be, they could no longer be because they were giving their powers away into the hands of Satan, who was now becoming the ruler of this world and who is still the ruler of this world even up to now, even so. He has no longer the same power than he had then. Because the power was originally given to, to God's creation, to Adam and Eve, to mankind. But thank God Jesus wrestled back that power because he could do so because he was a man, a human being like us. You know, he could not have done it if he came as God because that would have not been fair. Okay, so he came to be a man and thereby you know, became the second Adam and was able to take the rulership of this world back. But, you know, he's not yet fully uh, implemented everything that needs to be implemented, as we can see in our world. You know, the Bible says the last enemy that will done, be done away with is death. And death is still very much with us today. 
The, the reason why our world is in trouble is because, you know, so many different ideas are in this world and people are pulling into different directions. We can see the world as a whole, not just our country, but the world as a whole, is, is going out of alignment in a very tough way. What we miss today is the central theme of our life, you know, because when you look at the world as, a, as an entity without God, you know, they, they, they don't read the scriptures, they don't have uh, the specifications to align something to. You know, I, I told you about the car, when the car has to be taken to a wheel alignment, there is a certain spec, you know, a certain specification. And, and those who are doing the wheel alignment, they know that, that the, the wheel must be in a certain position, okay? That's their ruler, that's their guide. Now, in the absence of a ruler, in the absence of a guide, how, how do you align something? Because alignment means always there must be something that needs to be aligned to a certain thing, isn't it? And in the absence of the rulers of this world, the leaders of this world to align themselves you know, to the scriptures, to the word of God, then what are they aligning themselves to? You know, they are only just following their own ideas. They are following their own, you know, even in countries which we would previously not have thought it possible, but there is trouble today. Because people are no longer aligning themselves to a standard. You know, you have to have a standard if you have to align. If you don't have a standard, you can't align. It's very simple, isn't it? So every, 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 since, since the time, ever since the time uh, man quit his relationship with his creator, we, this world has been in trouble. The Bible tells us nation is rising against nation, tribe against tribe. You know, selfishness is the order of the day. And unfortunately... This is not only happening in the church, it's unfortunately even happening in the church. Not just in the world, of course you wouldn't be surprised that it's happening in the world, but sometimes it does happen, or not only sometimes, but it has to happen in the church. Because we have gone out of alignment to his words. You know, we've got so many people who are preaching their own ideas, or what people want to hear, rather than what the scripture says. You know, we have no right to reinterpret the scripture or realign uh, the scripture. The scripture stands on its own. If there is an alignment, it's my life that has aligned to be aligned to the word. Okay? I cannot align the word to my, to my liking. Okay? That's not possible. And yet, that's exactly what the Bible says. In the last days, you know, people will come who are going to preach messages that people's ears want to hear. So in other words, they are now trying to align the word of God to their own liking. And that is not going to work. Okay? God is watching his word. You know, God's word has been in existence from the very beginning and God makes sure that his word is remaining his words. Even if people twist it, it will not change anything on the reality of his words. Amen? So if new doctrines are being peddled that suit human desires, 
you will see them going out of fashion sooner than later. But the word of God stands forever. Okay, God watches his word to perform it, to fulfill it. Psalm 89 speaks very powerful standards on which we can be able to be aligned to. In fact, we have Christ who is the living word of God. And you know, because he's a living word of God, we can align our lives to him, to Jesus Christ. He's the Savior and Lord who has come. Because, you know, every time when we come together, every time when we go through tough times in our own life, we need to ask ourselves, am I still in alignment? Or is my life squeaking here and there? You know, is there so much resistance in my life that uh, something is not functioning the way it should? You know, just like in a car, when the, when the car is out of alignment, you know, you, you, you can see how, how difficult it is to overcome that resistance because of the, of the uh, tires being out of alignment. So God desires us to bring in align, alignment with our Savior Jesus Christ and this word of God has given us everything for us to know what the standard is all about. Okay? The pure word of God. Okay? It's not difficult to read the word of God. In fact, Jesus spoke very simple. Many times Jesus uh, talked in pictures, in parables. And you can't say uh, it's too hard to understand. It's very simple to understand. In fact, Jesus talked in a way that even children could get it. Okay? Now, those people who are trying to complicate things, you, you must know they do it for ulterior motives. They're complicating things because the, the, the straight word of God is too hard for them to accept. So they would rather make it difficult and, and then people would not understand that actually they are out of alignment. Okay? So be careful. If something becomes too difficult, then... There is a danger zone. Because Jesus is not difficult. Jesus is very, very straightforward. Yes, of course, there are certain things that are more difficult to understand, like even Peter said about uh, Paul's writings, uh, that uh, Paul's writings are sometimes twisted because they are a bit more difficult to understand. But nevertheless, you know, with our desire to understand and to study the Word of God, we can truly understand the Word of God. So God created us to be aligned to him and to one another. Okay? Let me give you another story. You know, um, there, is, uh, there are a number of species of birds, like in North America, especially the geese. Uh, they are, when they are flying uh, for migration, maybe from Canada, they fly thousands, maybe thousands of kilometers. They fly in a certain formation. Okay? They are flying in a V formation, okay? So there is one, one bird right in the front, and then the birds are in a V shape, okay? So they are aligned perfectly in a certain way. And, you know, scientists have been asking for a long time, you know, why they do this. Of course, they were having the idea, maybe they, they, they save energy because, you know, from the, from the uh, way the first flies, you know, the others are following behind, there may be a, a, an advantage in the draft so that they are having less, uh, less uh, flubbing with their wings to do, and that, that, that definitely is true. But you know, now they have actually um, been able to go further in their, their, 
scientific uh, research uh, where they put some sensors to, their, to the birds, okay, and then made them fly, okay, and later on were able to recover those sensors and read, read them out, and they were finding amazing things. You know, they found that those birds which were towards the back, they were almost flying effortless. Their, their blood pressure or their heartbeat was much lower than the, the, the ones in front. Then they discovered that, you know, birds were actually shifting. You know, they were taking shifts. So the one in front was not always the one in front. The one in front would be in front for a certain time, then another one takes over, goes to the front, and the other one goes back. And so they would be able to then, those who were very much in the front, they were now going back and they would be able to have a rest. While they were continuing flying, but their, their, their effort was much less than when they were in front. So, you know, it's amazing. And what people were wondering, how, how do they know that? You know, there's a certain species called ibis, certain species of, of, of bird who are doing that as, as well. But this bird was almost extinct. And so this bird was, was raised in, in captivity. And, you know, when birds are in captivity, they don't know what, what was supposed to be their, their role, you know. So uh, they raised enough birds, and then they decided that it would take them to migration. Now, of course, how do you tell birds who have never been in migration that this is the time to migrate? So they took an ultralight, what they call an ultralight, uh, you know, flight um, plane. You know, these little things where you just sit, and, uh, you know, the, the handlers of those birds, they had a very close relationship with them. They actually accepted them as their mother, so to say, okay? And so they were flying because they tried to trace the, the, the routes back to where they used to go in the past. And so they were trying, they were flying with that ultralight and uh, these birds were just following behind the ultralight. And when they first did it, they were just almost touching each other. They were all over the place. But when they were flying further and further and they did it again and again, they learned to, to, to fly in formation. Who told them? We don't know. Okay? The information that got stored inside of their, of their instinct, of their mind, of their brain, was becoming alive again. Okay? So in other words, even birds know how to align. Why would we human beings not be able to align? Okay? So we need to learn to be in alignment. And you know, there is a leader that God has given to us, is our Lord Jesus Christ. In the case of a bird, you know, yes, there may be a bird in front and everybody aligns to that, to that leader in front. And then somebody else shifts and takes over and they would still continue to be aligned to that, to that bird in front. I think we must learn something from that. Okay, if birds know the importance of alignment, how much more should we know them? importance of alignment. How much more should we desire to be aligned to our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, aligned to his word? Because when we are aligned, everything becomes so much easier. Okay? Everything becomes so much more effortless. Okay? Because alignment plays a very important role in our lives. So remember, God gave us his words 
which is the perfect denominator for oneness, for unity. It is our duty to study the word and abide by the commands of it. God's word is given to us for our good and our submission to the word brings blessings. Okay, some people say, ah, it's hard to, to obey, it's hard to do this and that, the other. Now, why is it hard? Imagine when you are playing football, you are totally accepting the rulership of the referee. Am I right? right? You're not saying it's hard. Yes, it may be hard, but you know there are rules in the game and you know that the referee is there to make sure the rules are being kept. So why would you complain and say, this is too hard for me? You know, if even footballers or any other sports for that matter can be able to accept the, the guidance of uh, the referee who is making sure that he keeps the rules in check. What more for us who are people of God? Okay? It's, it's, it's an, uh, sometimes uh, uh, a question, why are we struggling? Now, God is our creator, and he created us in a perfect and wonderful way, and he wants us to be in alignment with him. Unfortunately, man has rebelled, and people are still in rebellion even today. Okay, Even as Christians, sometimes we find people saying, no, I can't understand this, this is too hard for me. You know, I mean, there are certain things which are straightforward and we, are, we think, oh, no, this is too tough for me. Well, if it's God's word, it's God's word. And uh, we should not complain about alignment to the word of God. We should actually gladly seek to align to the word of God. Remember Jesus who aligns to the Father even in the most difficult point of his life, even when he knew it would cost his relationship with his father, he would be separated from his father, even when he was, was having to, to drink that cup full of sin, the sin of the whole world, he would still align himself with the will of the father. He would not say, Father, this one I cannot do. Now, if Jesus could do that, how much more us? Because what, what Jesus did, he's not asking us to do. He's not demanding such difficult things which he himself did for us. So when we align well with our maker, we'll flourish. You know, yes, of course, life has always struggles, but despite struggles, we will flourish, we'll overcome. We'll see being uh, in situations and like uh, the Apostle Paul says, we are almost always having victory, more than victory, because Christ has given us that victory. We are more than conquerors in Christ. Amen. So we must learn to submit to one another as members in one body. It's very interesting, you know, that uh, the word submission sometimes for some people has become a bad word because people don't want to submit. But do you know that submission is absolutely necessary in our world? In fact, life is impossible without submission. You know, parents submit, you know. The Bible says the woman should submit to the husband. The husband needs to submit to Christ, and Christ is submitted to the Father. Okay? In daily life, submission is absolutely necessary. Okay? You can say, okay, 
uh, I will go uh, for work at my own time. But you know your time is supposed to start at 8. If you come at 9, and you come repeatedly at 9, are you going to keep your job? You know, it's only at church that you can come late because you're not fired. <laughs> but but <laughs> at your job, they want you to be there when, 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 when work begins. Am I right? Okay. Now, the Bible tells us that, you know, we are to be taking care of one another. You know, this scripture tells us that we should submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, we should not be seeking to be bossing each other, but serving each other. And if we serve each other, then that means it's easy to submit each other. Okay, then it's easy to be in alignment with one another. You know, if too many people want to be boss, then you have a problem. Okay. Right now we have got a lot of people who want to go to, to plot one. Okay. And of course, you know, all of them, they have this on their agenda. Fine, that's okay. That is uh, part of uh, plurality as we, can, as, as we know it. But uh, in life, you know, when too many people want something, then there can be friction, isn't it? So let's understand, in the body of Christ, as believers, as those who belong to the same one body, we need to be able to serve one another. And serving one another means we submit to one another. So not only do we need to submit to our, to our employers or to our uh, to our uh, the rules of life you know that are existing to our government but we need to submit to one another in this of one body scripture which is well known Jesus came to Jesus and said teach us to pray because he saw that he was praying effectively be heard because of their many words okay the abundance of words does not stand so Jesus says, don't, don't just be like pagans because they, they, they are just, you know, bringing out their words like, the Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us. For if we forgive men when they sin against you, your heaven, heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Especially uh, the first parts where Jesus said, you accept the standard, okay? You accept to argue with him that what he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, accept him in what he says. It's a very, very, what we all must recognize is when we pray, Shim, you must do this and the other for me. Then we have misunderstood our prayer. In fact, Jesus made us to recognize that the kingdom of God, design and plan of God, not God has a will, okay? And that will is paramount. That will is about prevail. Knocks got into something that we want him to, to quickly do for us, then we have misunderstood. That is the standard. 
we cannot change the standards. We, we must abide by that standards. So once again, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, we need to find out what is happening in the heavens. What is God doing from eternity past? What does he desire to see on earth? Okay, now we could uh, point to the very early beginnings of the paradise, you know, where man and God were living in harmony, where they were able to have a relationship and fellowship with each other. You know, of course, that is what God loves and would love to see happening again. Even so, Eden will never come back the way it has been. There will be another Eden in the heavenlies. Okay, that God himself will prepare. Okay, Eden is where God is. So, brothers and sisters, what is important for us to understand is the standards that God sets, the standard for your life and for my life, the standard for the kingdom of God cannot be changed by us human beings. You know, after all, you know, we only came a few years ago, okay? In my case, I came into this world 65 years ago, okay? And then, of course, I knew nothing. For the first 10 years, I had to learn. Then I thought I knew a lot and I didn't know much. Then I had to learn another 10, 15 years. And then eventually, when I, when I became knowledgeable, learned about things, you know, could, could I possibly be a teacher for God? Okay. Could I possibly tell God what he's supposed to do? No, of course I can't. Neither can you. Neither can any human beings on the face of this world. Because, I mean, we are all just here for a short time. Isn't it? And yet sometimes we are so pompous. We are so proud. We are trying to tell God what he ought to do just now. Okay? And that does not work. You know, we must have humility and we must understand that God is in control and we must learn from him what is, what is God's agenda? What is God's will for this world? What is the will of the Father in the heavenlies that also needs to be implemented in this earth? Only when we know that will we be able to align effectively and properly to the standard of God. And every one of us needs to learn that. Everyone. Okay? So God's kingdom is established from eternity. Our opinion, sorry to tell you, your opinion, my opinion, is irrelevant. Hello? Are you hearing me? You may have a strong position or you may even propagate a certain thing, but I tell you, your, your position is irrelevant. Yes, God has given you a free will, but in your free will, you have to learn to submit your free will to God himself. Because then, you are free. Okay? The Bible tells us where the spirit of the Lord is. That is where we find liberty. And the spirit of the Lord always leads us into submission to Christ. Isn't it? 
So these are the benefits that God wants to give us. You know, God wants us to bring, to do, God wants to bring us back into this sweet relationship and fellowship with himself. That's what we are made for. We are made for his own uh, family. You know, we are part of his family. And just because, you know, people today are rebellious doesn't mean that we should also rebellious as the children of God. So we must learn to align in our prayer and in our actions. And you know, God has given us the, the right to ask for things that we need. Okay, he told us that we can ask for our daily bread. But then he also told us that we need to forgive those who do us wrong. And if we are refusing to forgive others, how will we keep our forgiveness? Okay, so again, we have a, a duty, we have a, 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 a burden that we need to bear, which may not always be easy. You know, some, somebody told me, you know, I can give, forgive everybody, but not this one. <laughs> of course, you can forgive everybody that you don't know. You know, but the one, people, the one person that you know and you, you were calling is, is the most difficult to forgive. But that is the one you need to forgive. You understand? You know, I can forgive everybody in countries I've never been to because I don't know them. <laughs> They've never hurt me in any way, you know? So I have no problem to say I forgive you, okay? But the person we are sometimes in, in struggle with, you know, that we are sometimes fighting with, they are difficult to forgive. And you may sometimes say, you know, it's his fault or her fault. Of course, we are always trying to point to others. But remember, when you're, when you're pointing to somebody, there are other fingers which are pointing back to you and they are the majority. So don't be so sure. Let's learn to forgive. Okay? So the Lord's Prayer is putting the standard straight. Okay? It's not my standard, it's not your standard, it's not man's standard, it's God's standard. And we just need to do the best that we can to align to the standards of our gods. If we swim against the current of God's will, we will not make it. We will eventually crush. There are enough examples in scripture, okay, that show us clearly that this will not work out. You know, some time ago I talked about Balaam, who was going against the will of God by trying to prophesy against the people of God because some king wanted to curse the people of, of Israel. So he, he hired this man and says, you must curse these people. And he went with him. And God was very displeased. So as Balaam was on his way, God sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the way and, uh, you know, uh, Balaam couldn't go any further because the donkey could see the angel of the Lord. Only Balaam didn't see him. Okay, eventually, you know, this happened a few times in different places and then eventually uh, the, 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 the donkey was again going aside because he couldn't pass where the angel of the Lord stood. And so Balaam became very annoyed and beat the, the, the donkey. And then God opened the donkey's mouth. And he said, why are, they, why are you doing this to me? Have I not served you from, from, from early? 
You know, and now you're beating me for no reason, but it's just because you don't see what is happening. Okay? The fault was not the donkey. The fault was on Balaam because he was trying to do things that were out of alignment altogether. But you see, this is how human beings can be. Just because there was good money uh, being promised to him if he would uh, make a, a prophecy of, of, of a curse, he, he, he went because he loved money. Okay? Look in the New Testament. We see Judas. I mean, we, we don't know why Judas did what he did. I mean, for 30 pieces of silver, he sold his own lot. I mean, Judas, like all the disciples, were with Jesus from the very beginning, and they had seen everything that Jesus had done, all the miracles, all the powers, all the signs and wonders, everything. And of course, they saw his humility, they saw his gentleness, they saw his love, they experienced it firsthand. And yet there was one man who decided he would rather exchange all of this for 30 pieces of silver. And when he had the 30 pieces of silver, they were burning in his hands. In fact, he had to go and throw them into a vineyard and hang himself because he could not live with that money. You know, that's why money should never be our guide. It's a worry when we see that the church is, has made money one of their major themes. Now, of course, money is important. Everybody needs money. Even the church needs money. You know, yes, the Bible talks about giving and giving tithes and offerings. That's important. But money should never be the number one occupation for the church. Our number one occupation for the church is our walk with Christ, aligned with him in a perfect way. So we could go to many other examples of people who have uh, gone out of alignment, who knew the will of God but decided not to walk in it. And it's impossible to succeed in that way. Now, talking about the body of Christ, there can't be misalignment in the body of Christ. Now, you see, the, the church is not an organization. Okay, yes, we have a lot of denominations in our world, but if you read the Bible, we don't, Jesus says, I will build my church. Okay? And the gates of Hades, they're all over the place. But those buildings, they don't have the future in eternity. These are just structures of convenience. Jesus is telling us that we are members of the body of Christ. Okay? Members like in a body. Okay? Like if you look at a body, not members uh, sitting like in a club. That's different. But members like in a body. If you're in a body, you have no choice but to function in the place where you are. You can't even choose your place. Okay? You must function where you have been placed. Okay? You have to grow where you have been planted. A lot of Christians don't like that. They say, no, me, I can go this way, I can go this way, I can do whatever I want. No, you can't do whatever you want. If you are a small finger in the hand of God, okay, in the body of Christ, then do your job properly. Okay? <clears throat> if you're saying, no, I don't want to be the small finger, I want to be the head. Sorry. 
Your small finger has no function for a head. There's no brain here. You understand? <clears throat> it simply functions as the brain, as the head directs it. Now, can you imagine you exchange the head with a small finger and the small finger is on top here? That would be disaster. Cannot work. Would never work. Okay? But, by the way, the, the place of the head is already taken because the Bible tells us Christ is the head. Okay? And so there must be unison in the body of Christ. You know, there must be a flow of blessing in the body of Christ. You know, in, in the body, there are so many functions that are happening every moment which we are not even aware of. I mean, we are walking around, we don't know about our blood circulation. You know, we're walking around, we don't know about the movements of our muscles and our, our, our nerve system, you know, what our heart is doing at any one time. Yes, maybe if you have high blood pressure, maybe you are more aware of that. But otherwise, you know, there are so many functions which are taking place in our kidneys, in our lungs, in, 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 in all of the organs of our, of our body. And they are happening without you influencing them. In fact, when you go to sleep, you are not switching off anything. It's God who has given your brain the ability to scale the activity in your body down. Okay? That's the function of the brain. So the brain is an amazing, uh, you know, organism. An amazing uh, steering center of our, of our life, of our body, who is able to control all of these things. That's why it's important that every member in the body is aligned to the head. And, you know, if you think about yourself, every member in your body is aligned to your head. There is, uh, there's all these uh, connections that are in us, you know. It's a, it's a fiber uh, optic network in your body. <laughs> We think we have just been clever by developing fiber optics, but this has been in our bodies since creation. Okay? And every single uh, organ is, is connected to, to the central system, the, the, the brain. That's why, you know, in the body of Christ, there must not be misalignment. Okay? Otherwise, something is wrong. Otherwise, the body is sick. And you know, the interesting thing is that the body does not fight itself. Actually, sometimes it may happen, it's a very rare disease that the body is like fighting other organs. But then, of course, the body is very sick. You understand? Under normal circumstances, all the members in the body support each other. That's what the Bible means. That's what Scripture says when it says, submit to one another. Okay? Because we need each other. Every one of us is required in the body of Christ. So we are to submit to the head from whom all, if we can be, being out of alignment came for the first time. I didn't know what to do. I mean, it was so painful. And really at a certain position, you know, when I went uh, jumping in the car, it, it, it usually came out at that particular time because I bent down and, you know, the car was low and, and, and the, 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 it went out of alignment. Eventually, I became good to bring it back into alignment. But it's not the way it should be. Thank God it now has stopped for, for years. 
and uh, I, I, I'm really thankful. Because I tell you, being out of alignment is very painful upon us. We'll be able to be ours when we live in alignment with our gods, in alignment with his family. Okay? And why should it be different? Which he, our creator, intended for all of us. Let us align in the right way. Things which we never have seen when we were trying to push our own way. And say nothing. And go home and say, ah, but this was tough. You know? You know, like somebody said, the proof is in the pudding. You know, so in other words, it's, it's, it's when you eat it, when you eat Christ. Okay? Let us give up our stubbornness. Let us decide to change our lives. Thank God we have the power given by God. Well, you know, if you would be a lock, yeah, then of course you couldn't change, except to be thrown in the fire. But if you are a human being, free will, I can say, Lord, yes, I heard your voice. I understood what you are saying to me. And I'm going to, 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 to amen. Let us pray. Time and time again. Thank you, Lord, that you have shown us and joy and righteousness that you will bring to help us. Help us to submit to you. And where we and allow you to guide us to do the right thing. Bless it to see us being beneficiaries of the riches of your glory. And Lord, let these riches of your glory... Amen. Good morning. questions just in case so prepare yourself uh, those that may have questions so today and 3.7 million deaths again the silver lining there says during the peak of uh, uh, this wave used by half and this is very significant and uh, this can only be attributable to the vaccines that have started since January. Uh, daily accumulative cases was around 750,000. So we are almost reaching the bottom of this trough, which was characterized by the second wave. And if this sustains going down uh, globally. And uh, the, the deaths are a mirror image of, of, of this. Uh, this third wave, and this has started going down, and we are just about, this will be the last uh, wave going uh, down, especially if everything remains uh, equal. And looking at the, the country data now, I think we are focusing more, you can see that U.S. in terms of deaths and uh, new cases, they are they have much, much fewer numbers today 
and this has gone down to reducing both infections as well as deaths, and vaccines are playing a very key role. Uh, in Zambia now, that the third wave, uh, this is when the wave, and so that surge that started about two months ago, this is what it is, and uh, you saw the numbers we were just reporting like in tens, 10, 15, and over suddenly it goes to 100, and once you have 100, you, you already reach 1,000, uh, the deaths. So remember that we were reporting about two, three deaths if we don't watch this, uh, these numbers that are actually coming through. So again, already going. Last time I was here, this was not even there. Time, this was not there, and this has already gone up to 5,000. Already, we have over 5,000 active cases in the country. And this just came from the last. So uh, these are the statistics we have. And positivity rate, remember again, during the quiet period, we had gone even below 1%. And these scenes are out. And human behavior, uh, I, I was in Kawe the whole week, it's as of these road markets and women flocked without masks and I said as we are hearing about variants the Indian variant and and we've seen from the media the international media how it has is not necessarily the Indian variant but otherwise as this virus becomes widespread uh, then there's going to be more problems just to update as well as the Chinese uh, Sinopharm and remember, uh, 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 but the actual process for reviewing and approving this was happening in the background and uh, finally donated uh, by the Chinese government. And uh, uh, very soon, this will become available about the different types. Uh, this one is an inactivated uh, virus vaccine, so meaning we actually stimulate the immune response to actually uh, provide or to, to cause protection.